Moving Iron Podcast is proud to be part of the Global Ag Network. The network is live, so check out globalagnetwork.com for more details and updates. Now on to the show. Moving iron in the 21st century. Hardworking people working hard for you and me. Moving iron time and time again. Hello and welcome to Moving Iron Podcast number 126. Today, my guest is the man, the myth, the legend, Aaron Fennell. How are you, sir? Good, man. How are you? Doing okay, man. Just uh, trying to get some freaking warm air to come through here so we can get get guys back in the field so they'll cheer up a little bit. Yeah, it's kind of a shift that it waited, at least for us. I know from about the middle of Nebraska all the way to the Atlantic Ocean, they have had a shitty, shitty winter. But here, we had 40s like every day in January and February. Yeah. And now winter showed up in March, so that's that's a lot of fun. Yeah, Good we're gonna, times. We're going to have winter from like March to May. Probably, and then just kind of skip that right into summer. So I'm looking forward well to it. Be. We'll have like a week in the 70s, and yeah. then it'll be 90. Yeah. Yep, it'll be 90 degrees out, and there'll still be three feet of snow on the ground, and just watching it melt. So it's, you know, that's crazy. I'm, I'm excited, and this is an old tired joke that I say every time we have weather like this, but those old school John Deere furrow openers that are the the just two discs, I think they're going to make a comeback over the clean sweep and all that other fancy stuff because those discs move more snow than a finger wheel. Yeah, that is a that is a true statement. Yeah, been been scavenging everybody's junk pile to yeah. corner the market on them. Yeah, pretty excited about that. So if you take a look across the United States right now and, and you're you're talking to people all over the place, I mean it is. We've been having spurts in business, right? So we get we get these two or three week runs where things are amazing, and then we get this two or three two or three week kind of halfway lull of not so charged up energy right now, and then we're we're still kind of going back and forth. Are you still getting the feel that most guys are in the not because they want to, because they have to buying mode, or do you feel like there is some optimism out there that's stirring up some uh, some buying pressure? I think for the most part, I don't think, at least as far as what is conveyed both ways in the conversation, I don't think there's been a lot of of, uh, doing it because they have to. I think it's more of a, let me back that up. I think it's a very rare instance of the whole have to part of it because they can patch together what they have and run, you know, and, and a lot of stuff I've sold, whether it's been late model, low houred eight R's, um, late model combines, a lot of it has been no trade. Right. So I've seen a lot of that. Yep. I'm not sure, and I know through the sales staff, you know, seeing the email alerts and whatnot, there's been a lot of no trade mm-hmm. on high-dollar items. That would tell me that it's not so much a 
have to scenario as a we would really like to and we think we can so we're going to go ahead and do it so i don't know if if that's part of it plus as as we all know right now there's not a lot of gap in the trade value selling price auction market so i don't know if a lot of that guys are going to sell themselves throw it on an auction you know do whatever type of deal too yeah but it, it really surprises me with the with the dollars of selling price of a piece that there isn't a trade on it. Yeah. G- given given the world we're in, you right. know, right. That's one thing about the auction marketplace. You take a look around; there is so much uh, parity almost between, especially on the I would say 2012 and, and basically ten year old to five year old equipment, right? Right, the parity that you look out there when you watch stuff sell at auction, and then when you watch it sell what it sells for at the uh, on the retail basis, like at the on the lot, man, it is, it is so. I've never seen it this tight before, where it's been this close to each other. When you start looking at retail value versus auction value, I mean, you're within. Man, there's some cases stuff sells for more. The exact same thing is selling more at the auction than it's selling for in our lot. Right, and that's a that kind of gives you an idea of where. What the buying public is doing now. I mean, there's a lot of folks that are looking at auction first, you know, trying to see if they can't can't get that deal and move it over to uh, to the retail side after the fact. You know, how many guys have we talked to on, inside our our uh, our organization that have said, you know, well, I'm going to watch this one sell. If it doesn't sell, I'll come buy yours. Or right. if I can't get it for my number, you know, whatever. And there was one. There was an instance a week or two ago where a guy was looking at a combine and he ended up buying ours cheaper than he bought the one on the, on the auction lot. You know, so. There's a. It kind of shows you where where the market's at right now. What what the mentality of folks are. Yep. Yep. Absolutely. And and I'm honestly surprised talking with a uh, a red buddy and a yellow, red, green, silver buddy in the last couple of weeks. You know, they they both kind of have seen the same thing and they're spread throughout the country where. You know, dating back the last six months or so, you had, you know, September was great. October was a little quiet, which it always is. Right. November was great. December was crazy. January had no let up from December. Right. February was even better than January and December. And the second that it hit March 1st, the phones rang one time and it's the eighth today. Right. Well, I mean, <laughs> Here's a scary thing I'm looking at right now when I look out there, and this is, you know, guys are buying up, getting ready for spring, you know, and, and now you look across the basically from the continental divide, like you said, all the way over to the east coast of, of the United States, all the way to the Gulf of Mexico, across there, there's a lot of field work that didn't get done in the fall. Oh, there's virtually zero field work that so got we're, done. We're looking at guys that, you know, you start talking to guys in, in Iowa, Illinois, Kentucky, you know, northern the this very southern part of the of the corn belt, they still have yeah. soybeans standing in their field from last year in a lot of places, you know. Yeah. And they have zero field work done and they they're like, Well, we should be planting today, but we can't because it's you know, we had two inches of rain last night and on top of the foot and a half we had over the last uh you know, the last two months we've had and and now we're looking at they're getting anxious, right? And you know, every farmer has got a got a timeline in their head of what they're 
of when they're supposed to plant, when they're supposed to do field work, when they're supposed to strip till so on and so so on, so on and so forth. And if they don't get that done, they become, oh my God, the world's coming to an end. And that that's I think that's where we're at right now. When you start looking at at, at the way the sales cycle is starting to kind of unfold. You know what else they become? What's that? Crabby as hell. I've always found them to be really nice when they're behind <laughs> the eight ball. I've never noticed that. <laughs> no. Uh, and that's one thing talking with, with, uh, other dealers across the country tillage, man, you know, we on a previous podcast last year, probably a year ago was, what are we going to do with all this tillage equipment? (laughs) Nobody wants any tillage equipment. And now if, if you have a guy that wants a VT, for instance, which is a prime example, because it controls residue and goes just deep enough to air the ground out a little bit, you better buy it now because it won't be there tomorrow. Right. You know, I've I've been doing some order buying for a few guys, and with one guy, I'm on my seventh VT because yep. all all of the six of the other ones sold. Yep. That and is- it's just like good heavens, strip tillers, same thing. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just all over the place and. You know, it. what might help that a little bit is as stuff is inching north ever so slowly because, you know, I know guys are planting in Texas, guys are strip tilling in Oklahoma, but there's a, a wall. Trump's wall is severely north right now, weather-related. Right. You know, once you hit Kansas, it's the brakes are on, the brakes are on hard, and, mm-hmm. you know, guys in guys in western kansas complaining about moisture like they never dreamed of in their life right yeah that's something you don't hear very often it's so wet out here i can't hardly get anything done well holy crap man when's the last time you say that it's so dry you can't get anything planted right you know so right don't drop that ranch it's gonna fall down in that crack (laughs) (laughs) that's that's one of my dad's favorite line it's so dry i can lose a half inch ranch in a crack Yeah, I had some pictures from a buddy of mine um, over in Omaha, and he's got he's shown a picture of his front yard. Now, but he's got three and a half feet of snow in his front yard. Oh, I know. It's just crazy, you know. It's just the amount of snow. If they got. get a flake, they get a foot over there. Oh man, and they're supposed to get more this weekend. So that entire area, that whole southeastern Nebraska, western Iowa area, you know, where guys are like I said, should be pulling out the planter and be like any day now boys any day and they're a long ways from any day you coming anywhere near oh, yeah. in a field near them right it's been a very uh very odd winter you know we had a cold snap in, in october and then it kind of mild out and got pretty nice and then we got this cold snap here at the end of end of february and my first part of february and now we're really getting into the cold weather so it's a it's going to be a trip to see how it works out and what happens so Let's uh let's jump in here to some some equipment talk. So the thing that keeps me up at night right now more than ever is, is combines, man. Um, really? I mean, I ne- for real? I never I never really talked about combines very be, much. I don't believe you. I never really talked about the combines <laughs> that much when we're on here. But here, there's been an explosion of of used combines under the marketplace, and it's just it's been all of a sudden. And maybe maybe it hasn't been all of a sudden. I just have just kind of been slow to. To kind of watch the trend take place, but if you if you look across what's out there, there's not going to be any 
less pressure on the market from the 2012 2014 model stuff it's there, there's a huge spike in there and you look at the hour range that's out there and that's some stuff that we track those uh thousand separator to 2000 separator hour combines there's just a, a massive amount of them out there and it really stems from i didn't trade anything during uh 13 to 18 so now i'm ready to do something Lo and behold, my choice is, you know, there's not that many 300, zero to 700-hour combines out there. I mean, there's a fair amount of them out there, but not, not enough to fulfill the appetite of what's being traded in on that on that higher-hour stuff. Right. You know, a good example of that, we, we talk about that once in a while, you know, that everything on the market's uh, 12 to 14, and I do some some tutoring. I guess I'd call it of a newer salesman, you know, and was riding around with a guy a couple months back and we stopped at this one guy's place and beautiful line of machinery. And we get back in the pickup and, you know, and I noticed everything. There was no, you know, that I could tell the call my had some hours on it, but everything was <laughs> kept up real well. We get back in the pickup and I said, well, you know, cause that guy was looking for a couple things. And he says, that's another one of my customers that's just like all the rest. And I said, well, what do you mean? He says, those two 8Rs, the 8RT, the combine, the heads, he says, they every single one of them is a 2013. Regardless of what model, what piece of machinery it is, everything is a 2013. The only variance in that, the planters he was going to trade were 14. So... I mean that, and that that guy's a you know decent sized farmer, not a mega farm, but decent sized farmer, and everything in that shed was thirteen or fourteen. So there is a lot of that out there. Now, what I would say with combine wise, um, I feel like there is a little less pressure in the twelve to fourteens due to the fact that at as they're coming in and dealers are getting their prices adjusted for what that market now is, you know, those things, 12s are a 70 series. If, if not a little lower, you know, 13s are, are getting way down there. 14s are a little bit of a bridge, but definitely closer to the, to the 13 side than the 15 side. Um, so I think that that has a little bit of help to it. The whole process with it, though, is is um, no matter how right they are, there's only so many 50s, 60s, 70s out there to roll. You know, you've got to go find a guy with a 2,500-hour 60 series and get him into that cheap S. You know, it's going to take a lot of that and then get that 60 series to the to the waist south. <laughs> right. Get and, you know, it, it, if, if guys can do that, there, there's going to be a ton of them. There's going to be a pile of them. Half of them, you're going to just drop them on their belly on the north side of your lot and build snow fence. But the other half, you can... I, I think if if you can get your numbers right and 
take a little bit on the chin, not a lot, just a little bit on the chin, I think you can flush them out in that method. So, yeah. No, I think. Plus, it also surprises me how many, and I know we've talked about this before, but I am, I'm up to selling a non-deaf 14 to the way south. Yeah. You know, that shocks me. Still, still in the back of my hayseed mind, that's 9,600 country up there. And I haven't sold them in 9,600 for ages. You know, yeah. it's been 70s and S's. And, and, and apparently, the love affair of the 70 series in, in the lower 48 mm-hmm. has, has caught a strong northern wind from the polar vortex and blown south because they're in the same boat. They yeah. just love them. Yeah. And and I've seen them overpay. So, well, whatever. If you think about whatever. It, if you think about when you were, you know, five years ago, ten years ago, when the ninety six hundred, ninety six ten, boom, you know, and all of a sudden they're like, oh my god, they took a fifty series, you know. Well, we're up. That's the same kind of concept we're at now. We're looking at ninety seven right. seventy. It's it's ten years old. If you get a two thousand eight model, eleven years old. Yep. So there's going to be. That's kind of par for the course when you really look at what happens with the with the Mexican used equipment marketplace. They're usually ten to fifteen years back of whatever the most current model is, and that's where they're at. You know, even even if you get a twenty twelve S six seventy, that's seven years old. You know, so you're it's it's hard kind of a, an amazing thing to think about, but it's it's a it's a seven year old combine, so you got some issues there. My yeah. biggest my biggest thing that I have right now with combines is. I still kind of look at at where we're at on on price and how that how that's going to pay, how that kind of goes into the buying structure of of the used buyer. Now, <clears throat> don't get me wrong. I'm not going to sit here and pretend like a 2012 combine is going to be the same as a as a as a 2017 combine, right? Because they're not. There there's a lot of things. No matter what color it is, there's a lot of stuff going on in those combines that. That do increase efficiencies, but at the same time, with the current market that we're in, you have to be very conscious of the guy that's going to pay you three hundred and twenty-five thousand bucks, or three hundred fifty thousand bucks, or or whatever the number is for that used combine. Another fifty or sixty or seventy or eighty thousand bucks, he can get a new one, and more than likely, they're going to be the ones that are going to buy that new one. So now you start playing the game of how far back of the new do I have to be to be competitive with that new piece with the programs and the warranties and so on and so forth when you talk to guys out there what are you hearing you hearing anything man i got more comments to do with or i've got just the right number but i'm just having a hard time finding buyers or what are you what are you hearing out there when you talk to folks yeah um it's it's kind of a there there honestly hasn't been much talk about it just given time of year you know everybody waits till it's zero hour and then panics, you know, typically. Um, I don't know anybody singing the uh, Combine Blues very much. And I don't know of anybody that's said, we're just right or we need some Combines, you know. I've, I've had dealers, and surprisingly a few dealers, um, and wholesalers get a hold of me on you know, kind of specific combines, of course, 780s had a lot of dealers reach out on them. Um, wholesalers reach out on, on, uh, 
16, 17, 680s, 670s. Um, you know, so so there is there is a little action out there. The I I don't know that it's a hundred percent gloom and doom. It's a it's just kind of time of year type of deal, you know. And then coupled on with the last two weeks being real slow, I don't I don't see that. It's not. I, I don't have a sky falling mentality to it, but I definitely don't have a. Oh, it'll be all right. It'll work itself out. BS with it either. So I don't know. I I, I agree with you that there has been a a uh, big infusion of combines on the marketplace, and the problem I see with it, as you see with it, because. You're the you're the math teacher in a John Deere hat. Is uh, that it's all the wrong stuff? You know, there's not an infusion of 300 hour combines. There's an infusion of thousand to fifteen hundred or fifteen hundred to two thousand, and that's where that's where the problems lie. Yep. There, and I don't even so much think that it's there's a there's a combine by volume problem. I think there's a combine lack of interest problem right now more than anything. I mean, a lot of guys are still in the, I don't know. There's some guys that are out there that are, that are, that are still in the, I'll just keep fixing it. And then, you know, $20,000 or $30,000 is cheaper than, uh, you know, a, a 50 or $60,000 payment. Right. And then that's kind of the mentality a lot of guys are having right now because of the situation they're in. Some guys though, are at the point where they've had two or three years of, Twenty plus thousand dollars worth of repairs, and they're looking at it like, man, I got a hundred and whatever thousand dollar combine, hundred fifty thousand dollar combine, and I've already spent a third of the value of the combine or more. Right. You know, fixing this thing in the last couple of years, so maybe diminishing returns. I maybe I need to look at getting something different. You know, maybe there, there's something yeah. in there. So, and you're right. It's the problem out there, and I agree with you on this, and. You know, I've I've said it before. I always flew a flag that there will never be used combines that are legitimately worth three hundred thousand plus. Wrong, but there are. There are now. <laughs> and, and what yep. sucks about that is, you know, there there are places in this country where you can buy a quarter of ground for that. Oh yeah, so yeah. It's it is. It's it's a necessary evil, you know, to to a point. But I and I think that's that's just the biggest the biggest thing with it. A guy always seems to have an easier time wrapping his head around a three hundred thousand dollar tractor than a three hundred thousand dollar combine, for the simple fact that that tractor does a hell of a lot of jobs. Well, yeah, I mean, they're using it a lot. More. You know, even on a no-till farm, it at least does two jobs at plants and grain carts. You know. Whereas that combine has one job, you know, it's a very important job, but it's still one job. And, and it's, and it's not even so much the job. It's the, I've heard it time and time again, $300,000 for six weeks out of the year. And I'm like, yeah, that's what it is. So that's, that's probably the, that's probably the biggest thing with it, you know, but I, I, I would agree with you to a point. It's not so much a, a volume thing as a price point thing. And just, it, it kind of sucks. But 
you gotta, it's only, you, you can only get, take, take a 700 for instance. And, and that, and the 700s are not an issue. There's been excellent demand for those. They really right. has been. There has been. Yeah. There, it's not so much an issue of, how do I want to say this? It's not so much an issue of, uh, Ah shit! I lost my train of thought. Never mind. That was it. Was going to change the equipment business, and I just lost it. It sounded like it was going to be pretty powerful. Whatever it was, it I, was. I was waiting with bated breath here, just like I this know. Is be great. I can't yeah. wait to hear what happens. I, I blew it. I blew it. I had my shot. You had your shot, and you missed. It was uh, like being at the combine and running a five six. <laughs> Speaking of combine. Speaking of combine. Speaking of combines, right? Right. Yeah, that's a. Uh, Good segue there, and I appreciate that. Um, you're welcome. What else is out there right now that that you are that you're paying attention to that that has either positive or negative uh, vibe in your in your world? A negative thing I know that a lot of dealers are struggling with is six thousand series tractors. I can't imagine slow why. Clap, slow clap for the state mowing contracts. Yeah, awesome. <laughs> That's, that's had a, yeah. you know, when I, when I started wholesaling, um, God bless nine years ago, everybody and their dog, everybody and their dog, you could always, you could flip loader tractors all day, all yep. day long. And now every dealer is always, Hey, do you need any sixes? Hey, yeah. I got some sixes for sale. And yep. they're all because of the same thing. Yeah, um, but if you look across the board, though, it, it, even if it, I don't care if it's a New Holland or Case or an Agco piece or whatever it might be, that that is a that hundred to hundred and fifty horsepower range tractor that normally was the all day everyday tractor for every dealership, whether regardless of color, that's slow right. right now. And you, I mean, of, of any any segment of our market right now that is that has been healthy through this through this quote unquote downturn since twenty thirteen has been the cattle market, right? And right. You just don't see a lot of folks, and I say healthy. I'm going to use that term loosely because it's not. Yeah, because I was going to say know. that damn cattle market. One day those guys are millionaires, and the next day they're handing out carts at Walmart, and yeah. then the day after that they're a thousandaire. Right. Yeah. You know, they have very ten, very cyclical in the last go, here in the few late, years. Here of late, when they've gone to the sale barn, they they come out with tens of dollars. So I mean, things are really working out well for them. <laughs> But but that being said, you know those that's always been that thing, and it's just not it's not been as easy to sell a loader tractor um, as guys think it's been. I mean, we still have a lot of guys that are asking for, you know, like a seventy eight thirty, seventy two thirty. Yeah. When that when that that market that's troublesome right now, Mm -hmm. when you can rewind the clock and they're ten year old tractors, yeah, they sell. Night and day, even five year olds. It's the one and two year olds that are kind of a, especially the one year olds. Yeah. Those, those, those national account lease rolls or whatever. Yeah. Are a little problematic. And you're right. It doesn't matter if they're red, green, blue, yellow, whatever. We've, we've had all colors of them and they've all been a little bit of a challenge. I mean, yeah. they all still move. They're, I'd probably take them over some other things in the market. It's just, kind of eye-opening from what that segment used to be right. even 
a year and a half, two years ago to what it is now mm-hmm. is a, has changed a lot. You know, c- combines, combines always suck, combines, dude. <laughs> <They're> <laughs> but, but the the uh, that uh, load, loader tractor segment has always been always been relatively hot, at least warm, and now it's you know cooled off quite a bit here of late. So yeah, I think for large row crops. You know, there, there's days I think that's a dead market, and then the next two weeks after that, we don't have enough. Right. You know, so that that's always a market that is day to day, week to week. Yep. You know, mm-hmm. four wheel drives are still soft, yep. still soft for big four wheel drives. Um, you know, I know within our market, the you know. 9230, 9330, smallest two 9Rs, row crop rubber, three-point PTO. There's been times those have been, even last year at this time, I wouldn't have wanted any. Right. You know? And yeah. now this year, they're very hot. Yep. Um, track tractors, real real hit or miss, and that's whether they're eights or nines. Right. Um, so big, big 9R wheel combines. Sprayers, it seems like one month they're the best thing to own. The next month, why do we have these? Right. Um, planters are crazy hot. Everybody knows that all over the country. Mm-hmm. Um, I have more dealers. I, I know there's more dealers everywhere looking for planters than anything. Right. So good, good thing we, yeah, every dealer out there went and gave away all those 12 through 14s mm-hmm. for nothing on auctions. And right. now that's exactly what everybody wants. Yep. I would yep. buy I would buy ten of them today. Ten of them. Well, there you go, folks. Aaron's looking for ten combines. Or ten ten planters, sorry. Not ten combines, no. I, I enjoy my job too much. <laughs> 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 so they have uh that that is the cool thing about planters right now is it's not so much that they're easy to trade for it, I wanna say that. But guys can easily justify the number because, for the most part, they're getting exactly back the, to the penny almost what they paid for it at auction um, five years ago, and they're uh, right. they've put twenty thousand acres on it or whatever over the last five years, and and they've uh, they've uh, basically used it for free when you really start looking at, at what their what their trade value is now. Granted, what they're trading for now is about three and a half times more than, than what they, yeah. what they've got, which is, is a bit to come over, but same, not being said, whether it's, whether it's a John Deere planner with the exact emerge or whether it's, you know, some kind of precision rig out there, they are, they're, they are getting more bang for their buck out of the planner that they're buying than the planner that they had that they're trading in just, just by, Oh, absolutely. When you look at emergence and speed and accuracy yep. and depth control and so on and so forth, it's, it's it's you you're getting a bigger a bigger return than than what you have so but there again some yeah there, there's a lot of technology that leads to big agronomic advantages on those new machines whether it's you know for a deer whether it's a uh, me five or an exact emerge yeah. you know or a whatever the hell they are twenty one fifty twenty one fifty five red one you know the the whites the Harvest Internationals, the everything right. out there. Yep. 
Yep, and if it's not fancy enough, you can spend a hundred thousand dollars a row and put a lot more shit on it if you want. Yeah, you can. Uh, you can definitely make it the uh, the uh, Picatinny rail of uh, of planners. Pretty simple if you want to do that. <laughs> yeah, hang whatever you want off of it. There's yeah. plenty, plenty of stuff to be had out there. So uh, you know, I just I feel like I still feel you know I get I get banged around here pretty good every once in a while on some stuff, but. I still feel pretty good about the about the end of the year. I really think that this year is going to be. Um, I still feel like we're going to have a good year. You know, um, the start of this year is really no different than the start of the last three years. If you take a look at it, I mean, January, February, March have all been somewhat steady. Um, they haven't been barn burners for the most part, um, but they've are you know they they kind of plug along and they go and then they take off and it runs through harvest through summer and and then there's a little bit of a lull and then there's a pickup at the end of the year so i really don't think there's going to be much different here than, than what we've seen in the last three years now barring something catastrophic happening you know some some level of uh no deal with china thing you know i just i feel like that's going to get wrapped up this month i just you know i, I really think it's going to be be there and that's going to have some some effect on the marketplace i still think the marketplace even after the China thing gets taken care of. There's still just a lot of stocks out there, right? So we got today's Friday the the eighth, and and we've got of March, and we've got a, a report coming out here today that's going to shed some light on where we're at. And we got next month we got the March quarterly stock report, so that's going to give even a bigger picture of where we're at. So, I mean, the China thing's going to give some security to to the markets, and that's what they're going to be looking for. But we still have a lot of stocks to worry about um, as far as bringing up prices and stuff like that. So. It's going right. to be. Uh, I just, I just, I don't. I, I'm, I'm very. I don't want to say like super bullish by any means, but I'm not bearish by any means either. I would, I would say this year, at least from what I've seen, this year is better than last year to start out first few months. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's guys out and there I would now say that are better by better by quite a bit, and. You know, last year it was stuff was moving decent um, till the China disaster there yeah. in the summer, and then the phone didn't ring for two months. But you know, we're already dealing with that, and stuff's moving better. Um, China did buy some Milo yesterday or the day before. Right on. Must so that's some, cool. Gonna make um, some vodka out of it. Get some. Huh? I'm gonna make some vodka out of it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, you know, there and and there's more to there's more to this world than China. And oh, I know. Everybody yeah. knows that. Yep. Some guys get, you know, especially the the talking heads, everybody China, China, China. Well, and granted they buy a lot of beans, you know. That goes without saying, but there's that's one country in the world. Right. Yeah. Granted, a lot of people and a lot of money, but it's one country in the world. There's there's other routes. Yeah, they're seventh of the of the world's population, but whatever, right? Yeah, um, it's whatever. What what they're just? I mean, you're just seeing circumvent the U.S. So they'll go buy all of Argentina's beans, and Argentina will come buy all of our beans. I mean, it's just whatever. There's only so there's a finite right. amount of beans in the world, right? There's not. You can't just be like. I'm gonna pop up a soybean factory over here and just make some soybeans real fast. It, it's there you it's go. a little bigger than that. They make bio. meat in a lab. I'm sure they can make soybeans in a I'm lab. I'm sure they could make. They got what fake meat or whatever. And now they've got the mm-hmm. uh, the fake soybeans. So 
There you go. Outstanding. I'm jacked. You can you can set up. You can make fake pork, mm-hmm. and then you can set up a whole hog confinement, a whole fake hog confinement thing inside of a lab. You could have a whole new line of pork called Fork. You know, fake pork. So it'd be there. You go. See, boom! I just made a marketing plan. Get some. Things are boom. Done. Things are things are taking off. All right, dude. We've been going for a little bit here. Um, good conversation as usual. Closing thoughts before we shut it down. Oh, I guess my my overview of the market is is uh, fairly optimistic. Um, definitely some some rough spots, but definitely some really bright spots. So I, you know, I guess I'm probably not flying a flag that that the year in general is going to be so great, but I think it's a it's going to be it's going to be a year much like last year was where you know every every deal counts and you got to work it work it work it to death and see what you can get done. So, but in in general, um, fairly optimistic. Combines are an issue. Um, other than that, just just uh, plug away and make some shit happen. Yeah, no, I, I would uh, I would agree with all that stuff. So, why and, wouldn't you? Well, it's true. I mean, you're you're a, a juggernaut uh, in this industry, so yeah, <laughs> gotta agree. Well, uh, emphasis on the not, not the juggernaut. <laughs> right on. All right, folks, want to reach out? buy something from you or pick your brain on what's going on, how'd they do that? Uh, at Aaron Fintel on Twitter. I'm on there quite a bit. Post a lot of stuff for sale on there. Or uh, call me, text me, 308-760-1193. It's my cell phone. Always on me. Um, that or shoot me, an, you shoot me an email, afintel at 21equip.com. Right on. Also check him out on this throwback iron page. It's got some good stuff on there yeah. from time to time. So and I am Casey Seymour with Moving Iron Podcast. And you can find me on Instagram, YouTube, Twitter, the Facebooky. You can just look me up. I'm all over the place. So at Moving Iron LLC, buddy. So Aaron, thanks for being on the show again. And we will talk to you here in about an hour. <laughs> you bet, dude. All right, buddy. Take care. Thanks for listening to this edition of the Moving Iron Podcast, now part of the Global Ag Network. If you'd like to continue any of these conversations, you can hit me up on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram at Moving Iron LLC. You can also send me an email at Moving Iron Podcast at movingironpodcast.com. You can also visit the Moving Iron Podcast YouTube channel and watch Market Roundup with Chip Nellinger, Sean Hackett, and Angie Setzer. Also, Tax Moves with Glenn Birnbaum. Please visit movingironllc.com. Here you can find information, details, and updates for the 2019 Moving Iron Summit in Nashville, Tennessee. If you'd like to support the podcast, you can leave a review and subscribe at iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher Radio, TuneIn Radio, SoundCloud, and globalagnetwork.com. So until next time, let's go move some iron. This is Casey Seymour. Out. Moving